Hello and welcome to another podcast of Risen Fellowship. My name is Mike Booth and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We've been going through a study called the Twelve. And while most people would think of that being maybe the Twelve Disciples in the New Testament, that's not what this is about. This is the Twelve from the Old Testament who are called the Minor Prophets. A lot of times when we think of prophets, we think of the guys like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel because they had a lifelong ministry and writings to back that up. Well, the Minor Prophets are not minor in any way to those. It's just that their messages are brief because they were called out for a specific segment of time. And today, we're going to be looking at the seventh of the 12 minor prophets, and that man is named Nahum. Now, he was uh, writing to Judah, the southern kingdom. If you remember, now the zenith of Israel's nation happened during the times of King David and his son Solomon. They expanded the borders and the wealth. No other king had ever been as wealthy as what Solomon had with the wisdom that God gave him. But Solomon's son, Rehoboam, turned some of the people against him and the nation divided into two kingdoms. Rehoboam remained the king in Jerusalem over the southern kingdom named Judah. And Jeroboam became the king of the northern ten tribes. And that kingdom was called Israel. And its capital would later be founded in the city of Samaria. And so what we see now is Nahum in his ministry, God had called him to give his prophecy to the southern kingdom of Judah. And in this brief little writing that Nahum has for us, just three little chapters, it's interesting about his messages that he has for the southern kingdom of Judah. Because at that time, the leading world power, especially the Near East, was the kingdom of Assyria. They were a very brutal group of people. They had conquered almost everything in its path, and they had killed literally uh, hundreds of thousands of innocent people. They had plundered all the kingdoms around them, became rich and oppressive of all uh, that they went and trampled upon. Matter of fact, in 722 BC, they attacked Samaria, the northern kingdom of Israel, and they conquered it. And they took away most of the people of Israel and emptied them out of there and transplanted them into different parts of their kingdom and brought foreigners in to live in Samaria and to fill that country. That way they blended all the people together and they felt like they'd have better control. And because Assyria had conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, then the southern kingdom of Judah became more prone to be uh, attacked and invaded by the nation of Assyria. As a matter of fact, you can read about one of those attacks that took later, uh, came later after the years Nahum had even ministered, and it's in 2 Kings 19, where the king of Assyria had brought his soldiers down and they had surrounded the city of Jerusalem. Uh, they had no food, no water. They were just about to capture the city. When God sent an angel of the Lord after Hezekiah had prayed for God to do something miraculous, and that angel of the Lord went through uh, a serious camp, killed 185,000 of the soldiers. The rest that were left uh, turned tail and headed back home. And even when they got home, the king who was worshiping one of his gods, his own two sons, slew him. Uh, so God was doing some great things to help uh, uh, the southern kingdom of Judah and promised that he would be with them. And that was part of Nahum's message. Now, as we see this, we got to remember that this isn't going to happen like overnight. But Nahum is talking about the destruction that's going to come to the uh, kingdom of Assyria. And 100 years before Nahum, God had sent another prophet to Nineveh to preach his word, and that was the man named Jonah. And when Jonah preached his message, the people of the land, they repented, and God relented of the coming destruction. So now, 100 to 150 years later, Nahum is risen up by God to preach not only to repent, the time had been gone past for that. So it's about the destruction of Assyria, but the message that Nahum has is not so much about the destruction 
of Assyria, but it's talking about the love that God has for his children. Chapter 1, the message that Nahum gives us is that God is jealous. Now, when we think of jealousy, we usually think of envious and selfishness and wanting and desiring something else that somebody else has. It's a sin when we do that. But it's a virtue when what we have, we covet and we cherish it, that we do not want to lose it. That's the way God was toward his people. He loved his people, and he was not going to let the kingdom of Assyria do any more harm to his people than what they had already done. And uh, as the prophet Nahum is writing about this, he uses two images about the destruction that's going to come to Nineveh. One is a, a flood of great waters that's going to sweep away everything in the city, and the other is like the dry thorns that were going to be burned up in the fire. And what's interesting is about this too is uh, when we look at history, we see that Nineveh did fall. It fell to the Medes and the Babylonians, which had besieged that city for months, making very little headway. But then when the rainy season came, the rains descended in the two rivers that were by the city of Nineveh, Nineveh began to flood. And when they did, the waters rose and the waters beat against the walls, crumbling walls, and the enemies walked into the city of Nineveh and they captured the city and did all of the destruction. But the message is about the goodness and love that God has for his children. While the destruction of Nineveh was going to take place, God promised that his goodness would be with the people if they would only trust him. He said that in verse 7 of chapter 1. And then in verse 12, he assures his people that they will not ever be afflicted by the kingdom of Assyria the way the northern kingdom of Israel. They would never be conquered and swept away like the northern kingdom have. And that is a promise for us today that if we put our faith and trust in God, no matter what difficulties we go through, God is going to be there with us to walk through and to see us through those times and to protect and keep us. So God is jealous. Nineveh was going to fall. And God is judge. Nineveh's fall would be great. I mean, there's a vivid uh, illustration of Nineveh and its ultimate fall in chapter second, uh, chapter two, uh, as, Israel, as Israel had been emptied by the king uh, by the kingdom of Assyria, then so uh, Judah is not going to have to worry about that happened to them. Nineveh is going to fall. In verses eleven to thirteen, we see the repeated references of lions, and lions were the symbol of the kingdom of Assyria, much like what we see the eagle today. We think of the United States. It was the lion. They made huge statues of lions, but on the uh, top of the lion, the, the head was the head of a human being on the top of the body of a lion. God was against them, and God was going to crush them. And he brought the Medes and the Babylonians to do that and plundered their wealth. For 150 years, God's patience had been there for the kingdom of Assyria, the people, to repent, and they wouldn't do that. They refused. So God is the judge of the nations, and uh, Nineveh and Assyria finally fell. And the third message in chapter 3 is that God is just. Nineveh deserves to fall. The sins of Assyria were great. There was murder and lies and covetousness. Murders of uh, thousands of innocent people in the streets. And, and now their own people would be slain by their enemies and they would stack up their bodies in the streets like pieces of lumber. And, and the profit, the wealth that they had done by oppressing all the other nations is going to be looted by the enemies and taken away from them. And with God's justice coming upon uh, the city of Nineveh, there was just a little bit of irony that's written in there by the uh, prophet Nahum. He said that these once brave, courageous soldiers 
when they got attacked by this oncoming slot would act like frightened women hiding from the, the battle. And Nahum compares this battle to like the locusts that came and just, just destroyed uh, the crops. The city of Nineveh was going to be destroyed by this army that was going to invade them. Matter of fact, verse 19 of chapter 3, this is what Nahum says. Your injury has no healing. Your wound is severe. All who hear the news of you will clap their hands over you. For upon whom has not your wickedness passed continually? What the prophet is saying, when the nations is going to hear about the destruction of Assyria, then they're going to clap their hands and shout with joy because they've been oppressed by them for so long. The Lord judges the sins of the nations, but he also judges the sins of individuals. It's tragic when not only a nation, but also an individual hears about the good news of the Lord, the mercy, the grace, and the forgiveness God has for them, and, and hears about the warnings of a coming judgment, and they resist and they continue to uh, persist in rejecting the word of the Lord and, re and staying in their sins. It's like the Bible tells us over and over again, be sure that your sins will find you out. It's like Joshua chapter 7 talks about the man, one man of Israel named Achan. And during the battle of Jericho, Achan saw some of the things that were forbidden for any of the uh, men of uh, the nation of Israel to take to themselves. They were contraband. They were supposed to be destroyed, uh, left for destruction. And he took some of those. He coveted those. And he took them and hid them under the floor of his tent, thinking nobody would ever miss them. Nobody would ever know that he took them. And nobody would ever get hurt by that. But the very next battle that Israel was to be engaged in was a little small town compared to Jericho. That was this fortified city. And God miraculously let the walls fall down so that the Israelites would take the city without losing anyone. Well, this little town, Ai, they scouted out. And the scouts came back and said, Joshua, you don't need to send the whole army. Just send about 1,000 or 2,000 people and we can take this little town. They went and they fought against it. Well, the people of Ai came out and literally killed like 36 immediately of the Israelites. They didn't know what to do because they didn't experience that against Jericho. And they fled before the residents and the men of Ai. And, and all the people, and especially Joshua, was crying out to the Lord, asking, why have you forsaken us? Why did you not go to help us? And the Lord said, it's because there's sin in your camp. And said, call out the people and find out who it is. And the Lord led them to understand that it was Achan who had taken the forbidden things and hidden them under his tent. Joshua made him bring those things out. And, and not only did he make him bring those things out, Achan had to bring his wife and his children and all of his family. And literally the nation of Israel were commanded by God to stone the people, stone Achan and his family because of their sin. So not only did Achan and his family lose their lives, but so did the 36 soldiers that were out there. Be sure your sins will find you out. And if you can continue to persist in your sin and reject God's warning. It will cost you and it will cost the people who love you. So I beg you today, listen to not only Nahum as he talks to the Assyrians, but also he talks to Judah that God's love is there for you. Don't be like the Assyrians that reject the Lord Jesus Christ and stay persistent in your sin. Be like the nation of Judah that trusted and depended upon God and his grace will be there for you. If you don't, he stands ready to judge you. But if you turn and you bow your knee and you confess him as Lord of your life, then he'll stand ready to protect you. Let me conclude this podcast after I have the last few of our uh, 12, the 12, the Old Testament prophets with the lyrics of a song of a friend of mine named 
Wayne Kerr from Houston, Texas. And this is a song that he wrote called My Prayer for You. But you could have joy like you've never known, peace and a happy home, uh, hope, uh, a time to be all alone. This is my prayer, my prayer for you. Hope for a better day, love because it's the only way. Grandkids, when you're old and gray, this is my prayer, my prayer for you. He says that you step into the ocean at least twice a year and that the love of a child would whisper in your ear that God would be the center of everything you do. This is my prayer, my prayer for you. Thank you for listening to our podcast on Nahum in a couple of weeks. Be sure to watch for us. Our next podcast will be about the eighth prophet of the 12 minor prophets, and that's about the prophet Habakkuk. Thank you. May God bless you and have a great day. Step into the ocean at least twice a year. Let the love of a child whisper into your ear. Let God be the center of everything you might do. This is my prayer. This is my prayer for you. Cause you will have joy like you never know. my prayer.